Direct from Cape Gunworks in Hyannis, you're listening to Rapid Fire Radio with your host, Toby Leary. I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome, everybody, to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Join us each and every week for the show that uh, is all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense, sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. I hope the sound is okay. I'm kind of flying solo here today and uh, expecting good things as a result. So, uh if it's not great, I apologize. I've been working on it all day, re-engineering the whole system. So, anyway, uh, give us a give us a little uh, leeway, if you will. Um, but anyway, uh, today is um, an important day. We'd love to talk about all the things going on in the world of guns. And um, by the way, please like, subscribe, share, and comment. Wherever you get your social media, it's at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio. So th- that is really important for you guys to, um, to, to do all that because we do not have the luxury of having uh, organic growth when it comes to social media. So it's unfortunately just the way it is. It, it's, a, it's kind of a mess. Um, so we need you guys to like, subscribe, share, comment, and spread the word at Rapid Fire Radio and at Cape Gunworks, wherever you get your social media content. So with all that being said, uh, we've got a good show for you today. You can also call the show 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And I'd love to talk to you about anything you want to talk about gun-related. Um, we have lots of news that we're going to talk about as well, some breaking news in uh, Massachusetts especially, so that's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's not often that we get that uh, good news coming out of uh, Massachusetts. So Breaking news. <laughs> so we're happy about that. Um, it's for once we get to celebrate a win. In Massachusetts, so we'll be talking about that in a little while. 508-444-2120 if you want to be a part of the show, and also you can send us a text to 508-444-2120. I'll read your texts and I'll uh, 
play any messages that were recorded or left on the on the voicemail system. So uh, hopefully in the second hour we'll have uh, Gabby Franco's joining us. I haven't been able to touch base with her today, so I don't know if it slipped through the cracks. It's been a while since we put her on the schedule, and that would be my fault if it slips through the cracks. So um, we're waiting to hear back a confirmation. Um, so that'll be in the second hour, the five o'clock hour, if she's able to join us. If not, we're just going to keep talking guns. Lots to talk about uh, in the whole second hour as well. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's that. A lot going on. I've been doing a lot of uh, fill-in work for Grace Curley. We did the rapid fire to a, I'm sorry, the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, not rapid fire, but um, the to a Tuesday. Thank you. Uh, um, my brain is all screwed up. I'm out of sorts, but uh, that's okay. Um, the 2A Tuesday yesterday, we had a lot of good questions. We got to talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. And uh, it's good to see everybody filling up the chat. We got Skilled and Anthony. What's up, buddy? Um, we got G Webs as usual. Thank you for joining each and every week. I appreciate that. Um, so that's, that's good news. Um, and uh, we got KP and Mike White. Uh, so good deal. Everybody's here. Uh, the usual suspects. Uh, so we'd like to see more people join the show and, and uh, you know, be part of the stream every week. So uh, let's, let's hope that it continues to grow. Um, Skilled says he's picked up his first range membership yesterday. Awesome, buddy. That's great news. Um, hopefully it's at Cape Gunworks, and if it is, uh, then we'll treat you right. Let's put it that way. Um, but let's just jump right into the, uh, the news of the day. Um, so we have a very, very good ruling here in Massachusetts that is at the district court level. Um, it was a massive, massive win. So uh, it was the, uh, basically could lead to constitutional carry, if you will. Um, that's, that's really the big end result of it. So it was, um, got a lot of press on uh, Four Boxes Diners, site. He did a whole YouTube um, video of it, and so did Jared from Guns and Gadgets. Um, I haven't done one yet. Uh, I've been leaning pretty heavily on those two for the information about this, but basically um, what it all comes down to is the uh, there was a guy who was charged with illegal possession of a firearm here in Massachusetts. Um, he got arrested and charged, and he had his day in court in Middlesex County Courthouse in Lowell, Mass. And the good news is um, he won, and the, the brief on it was epic. So I'll, I'll get that up, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into that uh, a little bit 
and um, so that's 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 huge news because what it really comes down to is uh, do you surrender your constitutional rights if you cross state lines think about that That's the way it's been treated here in Massachusetts for a long time. Uh, I know, I know. So if you were legally able to carry a gun in New Hampshire or whatever state you reside in, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, they are all contiguous states to Massachusetts and all of them are constitutional carry states. So they, if you decided to cross state lines while you're concealed carrying, you were putting yourself in a heap big ton of trouble. Um, so that is a serious problem if you think about it because um, what ended up happening was a guy, you know, and this has happened several, we had bare arms, uh, he's a doctor in the state, uh, sorry, in the state of New Hampshire, who owns property in Massachusetts. And even he had trouble. Uh, we had him on the show a while back, and uh, we might get him back on as a result. And he is filing a declaratory judgment um, in state superior court. So uh, he he's going to probably benefit from from this as well because it was a uh, pretty radical decision for. Um, for this court, I'm opening up uh, the opinion now, and it was uh, Commonwealth versus Donald, and John F. Coffey was the associate justice who ordered this ruling, um, and basically ruled that it was unconstitutional as applied because uh, this particularly situated defendant and allows the motion to dismiss on this on that ground. So this. Um, plaintiff, if you will, a defendant, I should say, Donald, was carrying a gun in the state of Massachusetts, and uh, they requested, his name is Dean Donald, and he was charged in the Lowell District Court with carrying a firearm without a license against Mass General Law 269, Section 10A. The defendant has filed a motion to dismiss the charge in the complaint claiming that the law is unconstitutional on its face and that the law is unconstitutional as applied to the defendant and thirdly that the law 26910A violated the defendant's right to be free from cruel and unusual punishment. The defendant in his memorandum in support advances arguments that uh, that same law impermissibly infringes on the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution uh, and that it impermissibly shifts the burden of proof onto a defendant to prove he was in fact licensed. It also requires non-residents to obtain license to carry. That uh, violates the Second Amendment because there's no historical analog burdening the right to interstate travel. And the holding of Commonwealth v. Harris 481 Mass 767 in 2019 does not survive constitutional muster and is applicable applicable, uh, inapplicable to the defendant's case, and five, that the defendant's right to equal protection and the right to travel has been violated. This fact leading up to the issuance of the complaint are not in dispute 
and for the purposes of this motion, the court accepts them. Those facts are contained in both the Commonwealth's memorandum in opposition to the motion to dismiss, as well as the defendant's memorandum in support of addendum to the motion to dismiss. There is no question that the holding of the U.S. Supreme Court in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin has changed the legal landscape on how the Second Amendment of the Constitution is interpreted, particularly how it affects existing firearm statutes and challenges to their constitutionality. In fact, the Supreme Judicial Court, uh, Commonwealth v. Gardada, this is another good case that we've been following, recognized for the first time that the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution guarantees an individual right to possess and carry a firearm outside of his home. Prior to Gardado, Massachusetts treated the possession of carrying a firearm outside of one's home as a privilege that was conferred on a person by the state. Harris Supra at 767 was against the Bruin backdrop that the Supreme Judicial Court reversed the longstanding law in Massachusetts that licensure to possess firearm was not essential element of the felony of unlawful possession of a firearm outside the home. I'm going to skip down to page 8 of 8, eight and, uh, well, actually, uh, yeah, so let's go down to 6 of 8. The Commonwealth next argues that the Massachusetts licensing scheme imposes a permissible burden because of the substantial state interest in, hold on to that note, the substantial state interest in preventing certain people from possessing firearms. However, under federal law, certain people are prohibited from obtaining or possessing firearms, makes it unlawful for certain categories of persons to ship, transfer, uh, transport, receive, or possess firearms or ammunition to include any person, and then it goes into convicted of court, in a court of a crime punishable by a, a term exceeding one year, who's a fugitive from justice, an illegal alien, renounced the citizen, all the usual stuff. Nothing in the Bruin decision is contrary to the argument raised by the Commonwealth that there is substantial interest in making it unlawful for certain individuals to possess firearms. In fact, throughout the Bruin decision, references made to ordinary law-abiding citizens when speaking of the rights under the Second Amendment. The logical conclusion to the Commonwealth's argument is that an ordinary law-abiding resident of the, United, of the state of New Hampshire can become a felon merely by transporting traveling to the state of Massachusetts. Given that there is already a federal law applying to the entire country as to who is prohibited from possessing firearms, the court is not persuaded by that argument. That's where it gets really good. I'm going to read the conclusion. Bear with me one sec. A law-abiding, this is awesome, a law-abiding resident of New Hampshire who is exercising his constitutional right should not become a felon by exercising that right while he is traveling through Massachusetts merely because he has not obtained a Massachusetts license to carry, which now under the holding of Bruin has to be issued to an applicant unless the applicant is otherwise disqualified. This is where it gets really good for license, licensing issues because I believe the record will be set straight someday. Murdoch v. Pennsylvania says you cannot charge a fee or sell a license for a constitutionally enumerated right. Some of the concurring opinions in Bruin have said that licensing is still okay as a 
background check type of provision, which seems redundant when you've got to go through a background check to purchase a gun. But let's just say you inherited guns and there's no background check in that situation. If you go through the uh, licensing provision for background check purposes, then conduct a background check. If there, nothing comes back that would make them a prohibited person, grant them the license on the spot, free of charge. The state must bear the burden of that cost, is basically what several Supreme Court decisions have said. You cannot issue a license and charge a fee for a constitutionally enumerated right. So have that in mind as we, as we think about this. The standard for who is disqualified, uh, who is a disqualified individual must be the same. Otherwise, a state may decide to impose a different requirement on the exercise of any constitutional right. For example, some states could impose different age limits on voting in elections. This court can think of no other constitutional right which a person loses simply by traveling beyond his home state's border into another state, conti uh, continuing to exercise that right, and instantaneously becomes a felon subject to mandatory minimum sentence of incarceration. Anecdotally, well, before I get to that, think about this. You're in New Hampshire, and you want to drive to Massachusetts to go to a church service. You can go to your church in New Hampshire without license and without a fee, and it would be unconstitutional if they charged a license and sold a uh, license and charged a fee for said church attendance. But all of a sudden, you're going to go into Massachusetts because I invited you to come to my church for a weekend, and you said, yeah, cool, I'll meet you there. All of a sudden, you drive into the state of Massachusetts with the intent of going to church with me. You'd be a felon doesn't pass muster, but that's exactly the way the Second Amendment is treated. So let's get back to the conclusion. Anecdotally, a law-abiding New Hampshire resident exercising his constitutional right to carry while shopping at the Pheasant Tree Mall in Nashua, New Hampshire, would become a felon when he shops in a section of store at the mall, which happens to be in Tingsboro, Mass. So think about that. You're in the mall in New Nashua, New Hampshire. You walk to a certain section of the mall and all of a sudden you're a felon. Doesn't pass constitutional muster. An individual only loses a constitutional right if he commits an offense or has been engaged in certain behavior that is covered by 18 U.S.C. section 922. He doesn't lose that right simply by traveling into an adjoining state whose statute mandates that residents of that state obtain a license prior to exercising their constitutional right. Guys, this is like Mozart playing or Beethoven's fifth by some concert pianist maestro. This is the music to my ears that I've been waiting 30 years to hear. Because as I, just from day one, applying for my license, I felt like my rights were being infringed upon. Therefore, the court finds that General Law 269, Section 10 in un is unconstitutional as applied to this particularly situated defendant and allows the motion to dismiss on the grounds. That is wonderful, wonderful news 
folks. Uh, hopefully, we can all agree that that is bad law going away finally. Uh, so, yeah. Stay tuned. We'll be right back and talk more about this and get to your questions as well. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's Federal Ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal Ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm Toby Leary, your host, and join us each and every week by going to rapidfireradio.us. Get signed up to be alerted when we go live. You can also give us a call on the Rapid Fire line, which is 844-500-4242. That's 844-500-4242. Speak of the devil, let's go to the Rapid Fire line right now. Good afternoon, this is Rapid Fire. May I help you? Hold on one sec, hold on one sec. Uh, I lost the Bluetooth connection. There we go. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. There we go. You All copy. Right. Yep, I got you. What's up, Don? How are you? All right, good enough. Good, 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 Toby. Um, I don't know if you know this, but every high school in, in uh, the United States had what they call the Cadet Corps. And the boys, that uh, when they became freshmen in the ninth grade, they received firearms issued to them by the school. They were usually single-shot rifles. And uh, they took those rifles, and they actually practiced all over the town, but they went to state to state. So you might go to New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York, and you would take your rifles with you. But guess what, Toby? They didn't have a gun license. Mm. And the reason being... The reason being is that it's full faith and credit, Article 4 of the Constitution. The rights that you have secured in your home state, which could be greater than what the Constitution of the United States has, goes with you. Those rights go with you to every other state. Uh, full faith and credit is without doubt. Believe it or not, the uh, Dred Scott ruling in the 1850s, where Dred Scott, a slave, sought his freedom, Justice Taney, the Chief Justice, argued that if Negroes were citizens, they could keep and carry arms from state to state. Those are the words of the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. He recognized full faith and credit Article 4. So this garbage that uh, if you come from another state to Massachusetts and you haven't purchased a Massachusetts license is completely irrelevant. 
the Commonwealth has to take notice of the fact that under Article 4 of the U.S. Constitution, full faith and credit is already granted. The Commonwealth has no say over that, Toby. Yeah, no, I I agree 100% with you, Don. The, the problem is getting it applied to the state has been a long time coming. And so the good news is we have a couple of cases now, I have three that I know of. There's the Patriots uh, player that is jammed up. Also, this Donnelly individual who had his case dropped. So this should help uh, bear arms, the guy who we've had on the show before. In his case, it also should help uh, the Jack Jones, the Patriots player, um, case as well. So um, it's it's a <laughs> it's a long time coming, and I agree with you, but unfortunately, it's taken way too long to get the record set straight. And uh, hopefully, it'll it'll right the ship forever and pave the way for constitutional carry throughout the country. Well, you, no, you're, you're absolutely correct. But again, I've spoken to you about constitutional limitations. If there is no privileged authority for government public servants to act upon a certain public, uh, certain topic, say the right to keep and bear arms, they can enact no laws upon that. And it's quite clear in the Massachusetts Constitution and the United States Constitution that the right to keep and bear arms are completely off limits to the government. Now, in Massachusetts, they say that you have the right to keep and bear arms for the common defense. There's a maxim of the common law, Toby, that states the lesser is included in the greater. So if the greatest need of having a firearm is for the militia, everything lesser is included to include the right to protect yourself as opposed to just having it for the militia alone. So the common law, if you don't know what it means, it can uh, really uh, defeat you. Yeah, and, you know, you bring up a good point. Even Article 17 of the Massachusetts State Constitution says Correct. The people have a right to keep and bear arms for the common defense. This is actually predates the ratification of our Constitution in 1791. Uh, and as right, and, and the Suffolk resolve. Yes, and as a uh, and as in time of peace, armies are dangerous to liberty. They ought not to be maintained without the consent of the legislature. That's pretty interesting. And the military power shall always be held in an exact subordination to the civil authority and be governed by it. Um, what, what makes that really interesting is the, um, the fact that it wasn't until uh, 1791 that the verbiage was adopted in the Constitution and the Second Amendment. And anyone who would ascribe that right to the military or to the militia that was a military organization, that turns it on its head right there. It's basically saying you don't have exactly you don't have rights as a military. The military has laws and orders. Like if you if you're a soldier and you say I have rights, dang it, they're going to tell you to shut up and get back on your head, right? You you follow orders. You're under a uh, totally Toby, Toby. The the militia as is the uh, the militia is formed by the right of the people. Military service and the government are what you call legal fictions. They exist on paper only, but your rights and my rights exist without the need of any documentation. I would agree with you there, and uh, you were the first one to kind of point that out, that 
enumerated rights are not the limitation of our rights. They are just the ones that, that they knew they would try to uh, restrict. But really, any natural-born right is our right, whether it be you know the right mm -hmm. to travel or the right to uh, you know drive or the right to whatever. It's it's all. It, it doesn't have to be enumerated in our constitution because our rights aren't given by government. It's 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 actually restricted from the people to the government. It's a one-way directional restriction on rights, and it's from people to government. It's not the other way around. So, No, exactly. The, 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 frame is, the frame is understood, Toby, that they could not look into the future to determine what enumerated rights there could be. And you're correct. They stated a few that were so important that they had to be put in writing. But every other right is still that's still unknown is still our right. But government exists by privilege only to do the things we've authorized them to do and to, and to uh, affect any laws on the right to arms. Ain't one of those things, Toby. Right. No way. So let's hope this is now a uh, precedent that's been set in a directional clawback of our all of our rights back to the back to the people instead of. You know, government has lost its mind, as evidenced by this bill HD 4420, which uh, which basically um, is saying that uh, you know government can restrict our God-given rights, which we know they can. Yes. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. All right, Toby. Thanks thank so you. much for the call, Don. We'll see you next time. And we will be right back after this. Carrying a firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Welcome everybody to Rapid Fire Radio Gun of the Week. This week's Gun of the Week is really near and dear to my heart because I've been waiting since SHOT Show in February and really we've all been waiting forever for this type of gun, a modern production Glock clone available in Massachusetts. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. The Shadow Systems MR920, which is basically a Glock 19 clone and honestly, to goodness, I think it's probably one of the best Glock 19 clones out there for the price point. So this is sub $1,000 and it's got all the bells and whistles that you would want in a high-end Glock. 
It has a really nice flat base aluminum trigger. It's cut for red dot optics. It comes with night sights and it has a great undercut on the trigger guard. One of the coolest things about them too is they have these pads for where you index your finger and where for your thumb can rest on the support hand side. So this gun is phenomenal. It is, um, comes with a little flared mag well. Obviously it'll be a 10 round mag in Massachusetts. It'll take all the high capacity mags that we have in the pre-ban uh, world, but just a phenomenal gun. I, I shot this gun out at SHOT Show in February, was really impressed with it. And I was asking them, when are you gonna test one for Massachusetts? And they said, funny you should ask. And here it is, it's on the approved weapons roster. Finally, a Glock clone, and you gotta come down and check it out. These will not last long at all. Go over to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down and click on Gun of the Week if you wanna get this gun online or else come down and see us. It will be in the Gun of the Week case. Thanks for tuning in, I'm Toby Leary and we'll see you on Rapid Fire Radio. Well, there you have it, the Rapid Fire Gun of the Week. It's a pretty cool gun and uh, I was really impressed by it. Uh, I thought it was a phenomenal gun when I saw it at uh, SHOT Show. And man, am I excited about that. For once, you don't have to split the guns or buy the guns in parts and uh, to get a real true Glock clone. If you, if you ask me, it's way better than a Glock. It's uh, got all the bells and whistles that you'd naturally want to upgrade your Glock to. So pretty, pretty sweet um, setup. And uh, we only got two of them. They're going to go quick, but they are just phenomenal, phenomenal guns. Really excited about it. All right, so getting back to the uh, Constitution of Massachusetts as of 1780, uh, it says on page, um, I'm sorry, it says further down, we also judge that the people's right to keep and bear arms declared in the, oh, this is a Belknap Press. This is a commentary on it. And uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, this is a commentary on it. Uh, we also judge that the people's right to keep and bear arms uh, declared in the 17th article of the same declaration is not expressed with that ample and many openness and latitude which the importance of the right merits and therefore propose uh, that it should run in this or some like manner to wit the people have a right to keep and bear arms as well for their own as the common defense which mode of expression we are of opinion would harmonize much better with the first article than the form of expression used in the 17th article. So, in other words, it's basically saying that uh, predate the federal um, Second Amendment, which is ratified in 1791, Massachusetts recognized this right in 1780 for the common defense. So that includes self-defense, that includes militia, that includes the greater defense of the state. Um, so it, you know, for, it's been settled law for well over 200 years. And um, the fact that it is under such great attack now in the latter, latter uh, years of our, company, our, our country's republic is sad. But they've been working very hard for the last 30 years to change the narrative and to basically uh, say that, hey, um, 
a right is not absolute. We've been hearing that a lot lately in the news, and nothing can be further from the truth. It's rights are absolute or else they're not a right. If a government body can take them away, then it's not a right. It's basically a privilege granted to us by some elected official. Uh, I'm about halfway through Mark Smith from Four Boxes Diner, his uh, interview with a uh, with a judge from the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. It was uh, a federal judge from the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, and it's fascinating because he breaks down how important it is that we don't go uh, off on a tangent and say, hey, uh, you know, one judge, one district court judge, or one or nine Supreme Court justices can change the Constitution just by a ruling. He said everything has to stem through strict or original construction of the Constitution. And, you know, you hear people say, oh, it's a living, breathing document, so therefore it's subject to change as society changes, as um, demands or interest of states, communities, municipalities, and the country change. But that is a very slippery slope. It's, it's borderline uh, treason, if you ask me, because they can't just say, um, based on the decision of a judge or based on even elected officials, you can change the uh, the whole precedent set by the Constitution. He said, think about it this way. If you are a contractor, which I am, and you enter into a business agreement with a client, and you put contractual obligations by both parties into the document, and then you enter into it with expectations on both sides, job's going to cost this much, you're going to use these type of materials, it's going to take you this long. And you put all that into the contract. And then at some point, something goes awry, whether it be the customer doesn't pay the bill or whether the contractor doesn't fulfill his obligations, you end up in court before a judge. Do you want the judge to interpret that contract based on the intent of the contract, based on original sum of money, the original scope of work, the expectations of both people on both sides, or do you want that judge to take that contract, look at it and go, you guys are nuts, you shouldn't have done this, you shouldn't have done this, it shouldn't have been this much, you shouldn't have used those materials, you should just do this, this, and this, this is what I'm going to tell you you should have done. Heck no, no one would like that. Contracts rise and fall on the ingredients put into the contract. The same thing is true with the Constitution. If you don't have the Constitution as a binding document where the original intent of the document is interpreted through text is the first way to look at it. Then we have historical tradition is the second and third way of looking at it. Text, history, and tradition. 
if you don't do that, the contract is useless. It's basically unenforceable. It's basically um, a moving target which doesn't benefit anybody. So think about that next time somebody proposes a new law, whatever the law is, that would restrict your right to keep and bear arms, your right to assemble, your right, your freedom of speech, your Fifth Amendment, your Fourth Amendment, or, or take the 28th Amendment that uh, Governor Gavin Newsom dropped on everybody. I think that that's in my stack of stuff to talk about today. Um, so they're, they're kind of gloating over it and basically saying, this is what we have to do in order to keep the people safe uh, here in this country is pass a 28th Amendment, which basically will remove and replace the Second Amendment. We'll still let you keep some shotguns. We'll still let you keep some bolt-action rifles. We'll still let you keep those duck-hunting guns and the deer rifle uh, for now. But it'll change the Second Amendment to an interest-balancing approach where unelected bureaucrats, unelected officials, unelected uh, agencies, three-letter agencies, can change it from time to time based on what they form as, they see as, in, in you know, uh, their enforcement of said law that's passed. So, that's uh, coming soon to a Senate and House of Representatives near you. Um, so, let's jump into the chat real quick here. Duncan had a great question. Who's going to the goal event on Sunday? I want to show a hands. Sound off in the comments if you're going. That would be awesome. Uh, I know some of you aren't in the state, uh, but I'm going to be there, and I look forward to seeing you there. Uh, the goal to a celebration uh, to stop Bill HD 4420, which is going to be right in Speaker Mariano's backyard. It's at the Quincy Marriott in Quincy, Mass., um, from 1 to 5 p.m. You've got to go to gold.org to get your tickets. I don't know if tickets are still available. I'm assuming they are. Uh, yes, there's 288 spots left. So don't delay. Don't wait till the last minute. Uh, it's 60 bucks. It's going to be, every penny is going to be worth it. Just think about uh, who's coming. So we have, uh, let me get to that spot and I'll tell you who's coming. <laughs> Um, it's going to be, well, first off, there's three door prizes for the event. The Smith & Wesson M&P 1522, donated by Mass Firearms School. The Tavor X95, donated by Gun Owners Action League. And the Caltech, the Caltech Sub 2K, donated by Cape Gunworks. And, uh, the speaker lineup is impressive, if I do say so myself. Jim Wallace, Executive Director of Goal. Charlie Cook, Riding Shotgun with Charlie. Uh, there's a video address by David Coy, who's an NRA Second Vice President. Um, Patrick Connors from GunFood.com. We got a video address by Todd Eccles. 
Uh, yours truly will be there live and in person. We got a video addressed by John Petrolino from the Penn Patriot, Holly Sullivan, president of Connecticut Citizens Defense League, uh, and delegate for the DC project. We got a video addressed by Clint Mackerel, a good buddy of mine from the Trigger Pressers Union. We got Jared Giannis from Guns and Gadgets, will be live and in person. We got a video addressed by Cam Edwards from Cam and Company, former NRA guy. We got Carrie Ann O'Claire from the DC Project and also um, Sisters in Arms. We got a video addressed by Nikki Gosler, uh, Gozer, excuse me, Stockton Defenseless and Crime and Prevention Research Center. We got Amanda Suffolkul, the Southeast Regional Director from the DC Project and new to the NRA board. She's also star of the Eye on the Target radio. So we got door prizes, concert style seating, cash bar, reception food, a whole slider station. I'm looking forward to that. Thanksgiving style. Um, we got hamburgers. We got Sam Adams beef brisket. Looking forward to that, whatever that is. We got Italian antipasta, all my favorite. Um, we got domestic and international cheeses. Love cheeses. Uh, Sunday. August 27th, 2023, uh, from 1 to 5 p.m. at Marriott Quincy, 1000 Marriott Drive, Quincy, Massachusetts. So uh, free to, uh, it's open to goal members and guests. So get to, get your tickets, join goal, donate to goal. The money's going to a great cause and we're having massive, massive uh, inroads, if you will, or massive uh, effectiveness in defeating HD 4420. So uh, this is really good news, folks. You don't want to miss out. Come on down and join us. I'll throw the link in the chat and uh, you can get your tickets today. So looking forward to that. Uh, see you there. We'll be right back. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only... Carrying a firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. 
welcome back. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. For your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Glad you're with me. If you want to be a part of the show, give us a call. Eight, I'm sorry, I almost gave out the wrong number. 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. Or you can text us at 508-444-2120. I haven't checked the text line yet, but... Um, Give us a call if you want to, uh, yeah, be on the show. Looks like I might have missed a call earlier, uh, and I apologize for that. But let's see, we got a message. Um, the mic on our end is staticky whenever Toby talks. I'm watching from the website, not Twitch. Hope this helps. Thank you. I, I'm working on it, and uh, I have a feeling I'll be going back to my old mic. As much as it drives me crazy because I love the new mic, but it's, it doesn't have to block half my face from the show, but that could be why it's twitchy, so I apologize for that. Um, what do I think about the Chiefs Association response, 978 says? Uh, I think it was well-crafted, and I also think it was... Uh, a little bit of... How can I put this? A little bit of, hey, you forgot to include us in this. And that's what makes me nervous about this bill coming back in the fall. Um, because if it comes back and they put all of the law enforcement carve-outs back in the bill, then, yeah, it, it really could end up uh, changing the landscape and causing people and their legislators to get behind it. I think right now it's 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 kind of a mess uh, because it's not supported in law enforcement. So that's really good. Um, so hopefully that is the way it's going to go. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, if the law enforcement community would continue to do the right thing and stand up against it, I think this bill will be DOA. But I don't know for sure. So, yeah, that's just a just a question on my part. Uh, but anyway. All right, let's see. Uh, other than when the state appeals it to the Mass Supreme Court, hopefully they rule correctly. I won't hold my breath. Um, that's in response to what he said earlier, which is, unfortunately, that decision by Judge Coffey, he wrote this decision, it only applies to the specific case and set of circumstances, so I don't know how much it helps. Well, you're right, it only applies to this, but I think, um, and he's talking about this Donnelly case, um, I, I believe that it'll help immensely for all the other cases. Um, and let me back up for a second, because... Uh, you bring up a good point, and that is the state has historically dismissed cases that will create precedent and create uh, bad precedent for law enforcement going forward. Um, I know this firsthand because I was an expert witness in a case um, involving a stun gun, and the, the, as soon as 
the prosecutor found out I was the expert witness, they basically dropped the stun gun charges on this um, plaintiff or defendant, excuse me, because it would it I felt like it we would have won this case, and they didn't want to take that risk and having a bad precedent. Well, this is good because a uh, district court judge has ruled, so now there's precedent established for the anyone who's been charged with this and there's a pending case should be able to get their case dismissed. Um, the state may or may not appeal it. I don't know. If they appeal it, then it'll go to the First Circuit Court of Appeals. We'll see what they do. And that can even be a lengthy process, as we've seen um, in California from a, a three-judge panel all the way up to the en banc panel. And then it could get appealed again up to the Supreme Court. So we'll see how it goes on that front. Um, I don't know for sure, but anyway... Uh, Mike says, I just took a road trip and I really didn't get how crossing uh, the invisible line on one side, I'm free and law abiding on the other side, I'm a felon. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a modern marvel, if not, is it not? Uh, so, let's see. Uh, anyone know how to get a... 365 FCU in Massachusetts, Sumptuous wants to know. Yes, come on down to Cape Gunworks. We sell them all the time. Uh, hopefully we still have some. I don't know. You might want to give us a call. 508-771-3600. That's 508-771-3600. Uh, I'll hit that in the chat so you guys can have that um, phone number. Uh, Vanessa says she's heading to... Youth Mass in a week and a half. Uh, so that's cool. Come on down and see us. Uh, that was me crossing the California-Arizona border. I was, uh, one side I was a felon, the other side I was free. Yeah, exactly, Mike. Um, KP's saying you can get a 365 in Mass easy. Uh, he wants the FCU, though, for a custom build. Um, they're hard to get. But if we are out of stock, we can put you on order and, uh, and get you one. Uh, it's not a legal issue whatsoever. We have tons of 320 FCUs in stock. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Ala Joseph, Toby is a good guy. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Always learning something. 35 minutes in, comment on the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution, Article 17 of Mass Constitution. Wow, very strong conversation. Yes. I agree, and uh, that's, you know, something that I'll tease out a little bit about what I'm going to speak about at the, uh, the event on Sunday is, you know, just comparing our right to keep and bear arms to any other right. Um, just fill in the blank and take out Second Amendment and put in First Amendment or Fourth Amendment or Fifth Amendment. It doesn't hold water. So that's, that's basically it. And I'm going to speak tomorrow night as well at the Shawnee Fish and Game at 6.30. Uh, there's a, that's in Sandwich. Um, so I'll, I'll invite you guys. Uh, there's hopefully going to be a bunch of people um, there. And we'll talk about stopping HD 4420. We'll have signs to give out. So that's good. And if you don't have a sign, come on down to Cape Gunworks and we will 
get you one and uh, stick it in front of your yard. I was blown away how many I've been seeing lately up on overpasses. We had a standout day. That was really, really good. And uh, so um, pretty happy about that. Um, we have Gabby Franco in the waiting room. So that's good. That's awesome. She got the link. Hallelujah. Um, so that's good news. Um, I am looking forward to talking to her in the second hour. She's got a great story to tell, by the way. So you don't want to miss that. Um, let's see. I wonder if Kate Gunward would let Gunworks would let me buy one on Gunbroker and have them do the FFL. We would if we don't have them. Give us a call at the phone number 508-771-3600. If you want to be on the call, though, call the other number, 508-444-2120 is the studio line. Um, let's see. Uh, bought my first Taurus at Cape Gunworks. Uh, trained and trained and trained and fell in love. That's good news. I'm glad to hear that you got training. It's excellent uh, to hear that people take it seriously. A lot of people, unfortunately, will buy a gun and then don't seek out competent training for it. They sometimes have a government-mandated uh, class like we do in Massachusetts that you got to take in order to be um, in order to be licensed. And then they say, oh, I took that class at um, Cape Gunworks and I shot my gun and we're good to go. I hit the target, so I'm all set. And unfortunately, I'm one of those guys. I, I carried a gun for 15 years before I got competent training. And I was safe with a gun. I could take it out of the holster, drive it out on target, shoot the gun, defeat the safety, uh, put the safety back on put it back in the holster without shooting myself in the leg, and I thought I was good. There's so much more that goes into it, so I'm glad to hear that you trained a lot, and uh, if you haven't taken a class, I would suggest you do. Um, let's see, when I wanted my 365, I went to a shop and got on a wait list. We have plenty of 365s, JP. Uh, we just need, I think we're out of those um, fire control units, so. Um, Stay tuned for that. Uh, let's see here real quick anymore. What, am, what what do you got for an LPVO? The low power variable optic. We have tons of the Vortex Strike Eagles, the one to six, the one to eight, and the one to eight first focal plane. I also have the HD, the Razor HD one to 10, which is my personal favorite. I have that on this rifle sitting over my shoulder. The, uh, my 308 has the 1 to 10 LPVO on it, and uh, that's my favorite. But the Strike Eagle 1 to 6 or 1 to 8, phenomenal. It's probably our best selling optic, and I think it's the best selling low power variable optic in the country. So, uh, last time I looked, that was the case. For the price, you can't, you can't beat it. Um, and hey, Jay Austin, haven't seen me in a while. Uh, yeah, the Bonta case, we didn't even get to that. Uh, that oral arguments were today. Um, FPC's case in California uh, is awesome. We're looking forward to hearing some good news out of that. Um, it, I guess it was streamed on YouTube, so we'll have to check that out. 
We also um, have those SIG Tango MSR 1-6s. Skill is pointing out uh, that he has one of those. Uh, those are great. Uh, the nice thing about Red Dots is you can put it on, uh, I'm sorry, the LPVOs. You can put it on one power, and uh, it's it's good to go with like a Red Dot, but you can still dial it up and take a, take a long, longer shot. So, um, yeah, anyway, uh, that's the chat for today. Uh, we're looking forward to talking to Gabby Franco's on the other side. This is uh, Rapid Fire, your weekly show, All Things Guns, Freedom, Second Amendment, and Self-Defense, where we urge you to be a responsible gun owner in your community and take good training on how being a responsible gun owner and uh, be a good example to others. Take someone new to the range and uh, freedom will always be on the right side of history. So we're looking forward to jumping into it on the other side with Gabby Franco's who's next. Don't go away. We will be right back. Carrying a firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's Federal Ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal Ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. to Rapid Fire, Gabby Franco's. Uh, I appreciate you joining us. I don't see your mic connected, so you work on that. See if you can get that going. And uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, so how are you doing today? Oh, shoot. Let me see if I screwed something up here. Hold on one second. Let's try it now. You there? Still don't have the mic. Let me see if... Uh, I hope I didn't screw something up on this. I am Professor Claw now, so 
I don't know. Testing one, two. Let me see. It must be your mic. Let me see here. Uh, it's not something I can fix for you, Gabby. Doesn't look like anyway. I tr try um selecting a different mic. Do you know how to do that? <laughs> okay, she's trying. Let's see. Not yet. Uh, edit mic settings. I already, yeah, I'm not getting any, any mic from you, but I don't know if that's because, uh, shoot, this is my first time trying to have a guest on this setup. Bear with me one sec. We're going to go back to a break, and I'm going to try and uh, fix something real quick. So stand by. I'm in, but let me see if I can get you. No, I don't have you yet. Son of a gun. This is not cool. Um, is So you're connect. Maybe try unconnecting whatever mic you're using and just use the audio from the computer if possible. Technology curses foiled again. Nothing yet. And you're not on mute on your end? Dang it. This is not cool. Let me... Uh, you can hear me? Okay. Uh, son of a gun. Maybe try from a, uh, a... Are you on a phone or a computer? Computer. Hmm. All right. Try your phone. Yeah. Can you open up that email link? Let's try that. All right. So we're going to try and get Gabby back on her computer. And I apologize, guys. Um, I'm a mess here. Let's see if anybody has suggestions on what I'm doing wrong. No. We gotta get Gabby. We gotta figure it out. I have a feeling it's some microphone setting on her computer. That's unfortunately what, what ends up happening. So anyway, it's, uh, welcome to Cape, <laughs> Cape Gunners. Welcome to Rapid Fire. Your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and make sure you join us each and every week. 
this show is sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Um, also, Federal Ammunition is a big sponsor of the show. We're really excited about them. And make sure you sign up at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio, wherever you get your social media. Follow us, like, subscribe, comment, and share. I know everybody in the chat has been doing that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's get to the comments. Um, Cape Gunworks has been... Uh, let's see... I still have my Vortex Strike Eagle. I sold him. Uh, nice. Yes, and I think we shipped that down to North Carolina, right, Jay Austin? Uh, let's see. Uh, looking to get my first scope. It would be cool to have one that flips and can go behind the red dot. That's not necessarily a scope, a la Joseph. That's a um, more of a magnifier that you can put on the red dot. We have those in stock, so... Happy to ship you one. I have them from Vortex and from Hollow Sun, and maybe even I think I also have them from Meprolite, which are a good one. Yeah, I'm really hoping we can get Gabby on. She'll be an amazing guest. Um, so every once in a while, you know, we're in uncharted wa waters here with StreamYard. Uh, it's a new platform I'm using, which makes it easier for me to run the show compared to what I was doing. But there's still some bugs to work out. And uh, where's G-Webs when I need him? He's been doing StreamYard forever, so I'm hoping. Uh, Professor Claw is no longer with us. I mean, he's still above ground, but he's not part of the show anymore. So I am Professor Claw. That's the problem. Uh, so thanks for the <laughs> comment and concern there, Chris. Uh, so we may or may not have another Professor Claw at some point, but let me uh, give her a crispy invite to this um, to this show. So uh, hopefully she can open this on her on her. Whoops. so mad that uh, she looked great and picture was perfect but couldn't quite there's sometimes is a little nuance to um, to the the audio on these things but I couldn't adjust it any so I hope it's not something I did on my end I just switched microphones. Hey, she's back. All right, let's try now. Come on, baby. Can you hear, can me? You hear me? I can hear you. Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! This is very good news. Great, great. Uh, so glad to have you, Gabby. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, everybody's excited to have you here. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm... <laughs> sorry for the technical difficulties. How are you today? Very, very good, good, very good. good. You know, that, yeah, happens, that happens all the time. All the time. Mm -hmm. So we just, so have, just to have to adjust, adjust that's accommodate, right. and, you know, you know. Technology. That's the way it works sometimes, right? It does. So it does. It does. It does. I teased out last week that you were going to be on the show. We uh, were really excited. I, I got to meet you for the first time at SHOT Show this year when you were working the Walther booth 
and you took extra time with me to show me that uh, the Walther um, PDP. Yeah, yeah. What was it? The F, right? The PDPF, and you showed yeah, me how yeah. how good it fit your hands, and it was really great for people with small hands. And and uh, but I first found out about you when I was a big fan of Top Shot, and I <laughs> I loved that show, and I thought you did phenomenal, giving those guys a run for their money. And uh, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? What got you into shooting? What you've been up to? And uh, sure, just sure. give everybody the the the, the news about Gabby. You know, it's you know, funny it's because, funny because every, time every time I people ask me that question, it's just like, where part of my life should I start? start you know, you know? Um, um, I have been shooting for about, about 30, 30 years, years. Wow. And, and consistently, consistently. and competitively for about 19, 20 years. I started shooting in Venezuela. I was born and raised in Venezuela. And, and uh, my, uh, dad my dad was the one who took, took me and my, my siblings, siblings to the, the range, range for the first, for the first time. time. And, and it was and just, it was uh, just uh, one of those one things, things that, that he was not necessarily, necessarily thinking, thinking about, about, oh, oh they were going to go to sport or anything, anything like that. Like that. But, but he uh, yeah, so some other children, children shooting, shooting these weird guns. The, they, yeah, were they were Olympic, Olympic shooting, shooting guns, and for him, he had never seen that. Nothing like that before. And he was, and like, he was like, wow, wow. I, like I like firearms. I am a hunter. Am a hunter. This, is a, this is a great opportunity for my, my, daughters, my daughters to learn, to how, learn to how to shoot. To shoot. Right. And, and since, since then, then, you know, you know I wouldn't I say, say I fell in love with the firearms itself. I fell in love with the sport, with the activity itself. In the sense that you see a target, especially in Olympic shooting, the target doesn't move. The shooter, the shooter doesn't, doesn't move. move. Mm. It seems it so seems easy, so easy right? right? And then and you then try, and you don't hit the bullseye. And you try it again, you still don't hit the bullseye. And it's almost it's that challenge, that challenge like, like trying and trying. And, trying, and I fell in love with that. And has been a catalyst or that push that have changed my life. And everything I approach in my life is in that sense. So you started off um, shooting competitively 30 years ago. Was that in Venezuela? Yes, yes. Okay. And um, I apologize. Someone's saying we got double speech going on too. So they can hear you oh. now, but they're, they're hearing you twice. So I don't know what the heck I'm doing wrong. You know what? I thought it was just me. I just didn't oh, want to say anything. Yes. Okay. Huh. It sounds great to me. So you guys are all suffering and i'm the one hearing good i don't know if it's uh on Uh, my end or what but um what about about now still sounds good to me try does that work better for you uh no no, i still still hear me hear Hear yourself twice darn it all right um well let's (laughs) figure it out i guess uh I wonder if it's something to do with my microphones. You know, try, you know, echo, try cancellation echo cancellation on your, yeah. end. your end. Yeah, I do have that on, but let me see if I have it on mine. Um, uh, I do not. All right, let's try that. How's that? Does that sound better? For- let me see. I don't hear myself twice now. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> a couple people say a some people say it sounds fine. So anyway, I think we're good. Um, yes, hopefully. So, <laughs> so so you were shooting um, competitively in Venezuela. Uh, what was what kind of shooting did you do mostly? Um, was it pistol, rifle, shotgun, or all three? I did mostly. I would say mostly. I would say pretty much a hundred percent pistol. I started though with rifle shooting. That's what I wanted. Um, but back then, I'm talking about mid '90s, uh, early '90s. I would say um, the rifles, the air rifles, were heavy. If they were about seven, seven, eight pounds, something like that, made out of wood metal, very heavy. And um, I'm a petite woman. You, you have seen me. I'm, I'm a petite woman. So imagine me when I was like 11 years old. And I'm just holding this rifle and try to keep it there. And then, <laughs> right, trying to hold it. And then my coach said, you know what? I know you want that, but that's not for you. And I was upset. I was kind of frustrated at first because that's what I wanted to do. Um, however, later I understood his point of view. He said, if you would have continued in that shooting rifle, even though you loved it and I really liked it, it would have destroyed my back. Mm. I was a young girl uh, and all, you know, developing, growing on my bones. And so I would probably develop scoliosis and stuff like that because of the rifle position that we shoot like this. Right. Uh, and then he um, he changed and he said, if you want to keep shooting, you have to choose something else. And, you know, what we had right then was pistol shooting. And I said, OK, I can do this. But, yeah, that was pretty much what I did uh, was kind of choice, no choice, if you will. Yeah. But uh, it was definitely the right decision. And and believe I had a circumstance, something off topic a little bit, but. Um, a dad asking me to coach, you know, his daughter and the same thing. I saw the little girl struggling. I said to dad, listen, this is not the best. I know that that's what you want is your daughter, but maybe shoot prone, uh, shoot on, on the bench. But standing uh, position with that heavy rifle is never the, 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 it's not, the, it's not a good decision. Right. Yeah, no, that's uh you know, it's funny you mentioned the dad who asked you to coach because mm -hmm. I've been that dad and asked some, uh, <laughs> some ladies who have shot competitively to coach my daughter. And actually, I think a couple of years ago, I sent you on through Instagram a little video of my daughter shooting. And I don't you commented on it. So I know you saw it. The Walter P-22. She was about nine years Cute. old. Yeah. And she was running through the stage of fire we had in like a, uh, you know, one of those. uh it wasn't a sanctioned event, but it was still like a, uh, a fun, you know, stage where you competition, through, yeah, competition type. Cool. Of thing. Yeah. And, uh, she loved it. And then she started shooting the nine millimeter and went to, uh, she was shooting a canic, which was a little big for her hands. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I'd love to get her on that. Um, that PDP F. Yes. Uh, unfortunately they're not mass compliant, but, um, I know a, a good FFL that I might be able to get one, but, so she hasn't been shooting lately, but um, hopefully she'll come back to it. She's 14 now. And uh, so she still likes to shoot, but I think right. she got a little bit too much too early as far as the competition <laughs> is concerned, competitive nature of it. But so it sounds to me like you uh, were shooting competitive rifle. 
you couldn't really do that anymore, but right. that didn't take away the competitive drive within you, right? So you, yeah. I don't know. I guess I guess I'll always I mean, I know as an adult, I'm very competitive. No, not a competitive in the competition sense, like I'm going to go and compete against other people. But very personally, you know, if I'm going to do something, I want to be I want to do it the best, whether it's in the house, whether it is in here, you know, I like to do those things. So when I was a kid um, and, and also because we were a small team in my state, in my city. And so we started traveling around the states. And to me, that was a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. as a young girl, now going to another state and competing and getting to know different states and traveling, that was fun. Um, and so I kind of kept going because I was like, I, I like I like the traveling. I like to get to know new stuff. And then became into being part of the national team. And then I was like, wow, now, now I'm traveling overseas. And, and it shaped my life in ways that, you know, while my schoolmates were, you know, going parties and, and doing what teenagers do, um, I learned that, no, I have to be training. I have to, I cannot go to bed late. I, you know, don't go crazy stuff like hiding and doing things I shouldn't be doing. Uh, because uh, I had other goals. So, yeah, sports in general are so important for children. But I'm th- very thankful that with the shooting sports because um, not only taught me that sense of, you know, discipline, but yeah. it was a high level of responsibility. Like yeah. I had, I, I was allowed to bring my guns to bring them home and drive firing um, and, you know, I just was responsible. Nothing bad happened. You know, I was taught the right way. Um, And so, yeah. Well, you you raise a great point. Um, Don't you think that firearms teach responsibility beyond, uh, you know, when children are entrusted with something like that, if they've proven themselves to a certain extent, giving them that level of responsibility certainly matures them and makes them uh, take it more seriously. So, uh, I think that that is a really cool concept that probably isn't at work in our day and age anymore uh, with a lot of a lot of kids out there because you know it's really forbidden to to give a child a gun at the these days. You know what I mean? I think I think it's just a matter of adult nonsense thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about it. Right, right now, right, we're talking about the 2000s, 2020, mm-hmm. whatever. But what about in the early 1800s? What about in the early 1900s, even before that? Children used knives to work the land. They, they were allowed, they had to work. They had to do a lot of things. They had a lot of responsibilities and they had to take care of their little children. Even they were four-year-old, have to take care of the one-year-old and so on and so forth. So I think... Nowadays, we go in a sense that um, we think as if the children are not capable. And it's, I think it's detrimental. I think we do, as adults, we have to change, teach them edu- you know, responsibility in, in, in a whole, in a holistic way. You know, we, as gun owners, probably we talk a lot about firearms, but that comes with knives, have the, the you know, fire, you know, using ma- a match or the kitchen or so many other things, the car being truthful with their parents that we can trust each other so it comes down to how do you carry your household as a parent 
Um, and, and, and it goes beyond whether you believe on farms or not. For instance, something that many people don't even imagine is that my mother had never fired a gun. Mm. My dad was the one who was a hunter. He's the one who had firearms and, and his family and, uh, you know, on his side, everybody used firearms. On my mom's side, we're more like the city people and they never use firearms. Uh, however, my mom was the one who took my siblings and I to the gun range almost every day. She was our biggest supporter when she saw that we had interest in firearms. She was always, you know, keeping us on, on top of her toes, like, hey, you know, you have to be responsible for this, this and that. Um, and my mom was not into firearms and she, until this day. And I, and I tell you, I learned that she never used firearms last year. Wow. That, that, because, you know, it's one of those things that you assume that your parents have done this or done that because of their behavior. So I assume that she took us to the ranch every time, all the time, and she took us to competitions that she actually had used firearms, even though I knew she was not like, you know, like much into guns. And she said, nope, that was not my thing. But she understood that my dad's having a concealed carry guns was a big deal for security in our house in Venezuela. Uh, she supported my dad to teach us responsibly, you know, and making sure that we were responsible with firearms. Uh, obviously, she supported us as an athlete. Can you imagine if my mother were, if she was like close-minded, like saying, no, I don't like guns, so right. none of my children are gonna use firearms, no guns in, in the house. I wouldn't have gone to the Olympic games. I wouldn't have become an Olympian. So I tell that story is to tell people that, you know, it has nothing to do whether you like or not something. Just educate yourself, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about that for a sec. Um, By the way, we're here with Gabby Franco, who is, as she just mentioned, an Olympian, Olympic shooter, and a great advocate for the Second Amendment here here in America. And uh, one thing, well, how old were you the first time you shot a gun? Do you remember? Yes, I was probably 11 years old. Okay. So that's not outrageously young. I mean, we actually Mm -hmm. have a rule at our range, you got to be 10, but uh, that's more for just practical purposes. I think all my kids shot probably between the age of six and eight. one of them was six. That was a little too soon. We decided to <laughs> put out a little. And then, um, but my daughter took to it better than my boys and uh, ended up <clears throat> shooting her first deer at nine. Nice. And uh, yeah, then doing competitive shooting from nine to 13. But um, anyway, so you started shooting at a young age. Uh, now, when did you come to America? You mentioned you were born in Venezuela, but when yes. when did you move to America? I moved in the to the United States in two thousand two. That was okay. yes, in September two thousand two. So this year is going to be my twentieth year anniversary of coming to the U.S. Um, the big or oh, what sparked my desire to come to the United States. One is because I had come to the U.S. several times already, and and I love the way the U.S. was. Everybody seems very 
patriotic. Um, even in Venezuela, my dad, we were talking about this the other day that we remember coming to the Venezuela, everything, everything was made in USA was like the big deal. Um, you see people, you know, you imagine Americans wearing American flag shirts, uh, American flags, everything. And he felt right. He felt good. Like that was the, that was the right thing to do. Like you see that almost like we want to be like them. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then, yeah. So obviously Venezuela was communist <laughs> and, uh, or became communist. I'm not sure if, when that was, I, uh, and so looking back on it now, um, well, you know, you, we saw actually a very rich country, oil rich country, mm-hmm. basically deteriorate before our eyes in the last 10 years. I'm sure you still have family there and, and whatnot. Does, how, how did that affect you and how, what, what did that make you feel about America going forward? I know there's a lot on the plate there. You right. Go any which way you want with that, but. Um, <laughs> well, let me, let me start with, uh, Venezuela was not communist, was not. Um, it was, had a lot of socialist tendency, like a more leaning in the socialist way that we have a lot of uh, social programs that ended up obviously draining the country uh, with the mismanagement of Hugo Chavez when he got elected in 1997 and got in power in 1998. Um, but Hugo Chavez, he took power and it has not been just 10 years. It has been a process of 24 years of destruction. One of the things that most people don't realize is that these socialists, they destroy slowly because it's not necessarily a destruction that you think of, but why do they want to destroy things, right? It's almost like it doesn't make sense. It's like you are in this country. Why do you want to destroy? And it's not necessarily, we say destruction because we see the end result of it. So it's in destruction. You see Cuba, you see Venezuela, you see many other countries have gone the same similar path. What they do is gather control, more power. So all the power, most power on the people, they drain that power, take it to the top, right? Even though they claim that they want to have a uh, a more, you know, equal, you know, the equality on, on everybody, everybody the same. But at the, same, at the end of the day, that doesn't work. Uh, you, you create more power to the government. It becomes more corruption. Uh, it becomes more destabilization in the country per se because people cannot rely anymore in the government believe it or not because the government cannot control or feed everybody at the same level so you know when i see the united states and one of the things that i constantly talk about is how easily it is for people to give away, like almost relinquish their rights without even knowing it. How easy it is for a country to slip down, downhill, just because the government give them the idea and they give them the sense that they are going to protect them. They are going to give them everything. So people rely back into the government. And, um, you know, and it's one of the things I struggle to tell you the truth is not to being that person who tells you, oh, it's going to hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I wish I, I could have a um, 
or um, that's what I'm working on, finding a, a better way to communicate into sense like, hey, we have to step up. Like we have to wake up. Um, we cannot relinquish our rights. Um, the way the government constantly wants to um, talk about in the sense that telling the people you are too ignorant, so you cannot make this decision to go for the second amendment. What is it they say? Oh, because happened, so many people can go on and go and do crazy stuff. And you're like, really? Like, even if you talk about schools, you know, the, the, the unfortunate events that happen in schools, right? You can mention one, one event, you know, like one, one shooting, school shooting. And you think of it and you say, okay, so you are going to take the right or you're pushing to take the right of all the thousands upon thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands of children who have passed through that school and have done nothing wrong for that one person who did it wrong. And with that, we're going to also affect the rest of the country for that one person. And it doesn't make sense. But unfortunately, people reel behind it because they become complacent, become like, you know, I don't I don't have the energy to fight back. They don't have the they, they, they don't understand e even the process. Yeah, I, I amen to what you just said. Everything you just said, I I agree with. And uh we're here with Gabby Francos. Uh, she is a awesome woman who's a great example of the Second Amendment here in America. And uh, uh, I want to hold those thoughts over uh, to the other side of the break. And um, we'll be back with more from Gabby Franco. So don't go away. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm here with Gabby Franco, who is a Second Amendment advocate, in my opinion, and a <laughs> great example of female shooters in the community. And, uh, Gabby, we're having a great conversation here. Yeah. I wonder if you would tell us uh, a little bit about what you've been up to lately as it relates to the shooting industry. Um, I, I saw you work in the Walther booth at SHOT Show. I don't know if you're still yeah. doing anything with them or are you still shooting competitively or are you more just kind of a brand ambassador at this point? 
Yes, well, first I had surgery in March, so that kind of put on hold a lot of my competitions. I had an ACL reconstruction, um, but I went back to compete, believe it or not, one month after wow. surgery. So I have been recovering very well um, and I have not stopped since. Um, that said, uh, due to my husband is in the Army, he's starting a new training, um, and that kind of holds me back at home pretty much because of all, you know, he's pretty much gone throughout the days most of the time. So my competitions per se are going to be a little bit um, hurt for that. That's not to say my training. So mm -hmm. I keep on training, uh, going to the range and practice whenever I, every time I can, when I go to the outdoor range, it's kind of far from me, about two hours for me. Uh, but I train indoor range, draw far at home. And um, I'm still a uh, brand ambassador for Walter Arms. I'm also a brand ambassador for Primary Arms. I don't know if you don't know them. They're great, great companies. Um, and one of the things I really like about them is that they do not mind me talking about, you know, hot topics that comes yeah. with uh, politics, Second Amendment, even topics like socialism. Kind of doesn't have anything to do with the Second Amendment, which somewhat does. But um, so that's pretty much what I'm doing, pushing more because now I'm not going to be competing anymore. I'm pushing a lot more with my uh, educational videos uh, that I'm putting through Instagram, uh, which is at Gabby Franco TS4 uh, or also on YouTube. I'm, I'm going to start working on my next book. I think there's a great opportunity now that I cannot go much into competitions. I did a, have a shooting menu. It's called Troubleshooting, Mastering Your Pistol Marksmanship. And so it's a, it's a, I wanted to have it like a menu, you know, very simple, concise. People have it in the range bag. But there's, um, I used to do seminars called The Mental Dynamics of Target Shooting, which is an expansion of that book, meaning, you know, the shooting fundamentals is not about only how you align your sights or how you press the trigger. That would be, to me, that's more like the facade of what the technique is. And so in mental dynamics that go deep into what happens to us as humans, to what prevents us, or what do we need to do to perform that technique I, you know, perfectly, or the best as we can. For instance, how we think, how we perceive things, how our eyes work, that uh, why we cannot look with both eyes open, for example, what is so difficult? So I'm, I'm working into making this book uh, very well researched. So it's not just gonna be the typical book like, oh, just do this because I think it's good and because I'm an expert on the matter. Um, I want it to be a book that is well researched, that I can put some scientific um, research behind it. I just graduated with my degree, bachelor's degree in psychology. So that kind of helps a little bit to, Thank you. Tackle those things. So, yeah, I'm still I have a lot of things to on the table right now and more like trying to canalize things. <laughs> so, sorry, that was like a lot to say for one question. <laughs> sounds like you got a lot on your plate. Like like me, people will always say, like, when do you have time to do this? I'm like, I don't know. You just do it. You put it in and you well, when do you sleep? Ah, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, that <laughs> uh, but um so we got a question here from yes. Alex Joseph who says, Walter is a classic make. We'll check that out uh, for the lady as well. What would you suggest for small lady with small hands? 
So uh, I'm sure I know where this is going, but I'll let you uh, <laughs> I'll let you go ahead and answer the question. Sure. So Walther released um, the Walther PDP F series that I'm very proud to say to have some something to do with that pistol. Nice. Uh, I was giving trainings in a police department and these officers, female officers were shooting this big gun and they were doing, you know, considering their tool, they were doing pretty well. But I always thought, what can they do if they had the right size handgun? And um, Walther Arms, what they did with the PDPF series, they not only reduce the, the size of the grip, which makes it for someone like me, small hands have a better grip here, but also the, oh, there's it, oh, here it is, the reach of the trigger. So they reduce the trigger bar of the firearm, so move the trigger back. And now I do have a perfect, I mean, ideal trigger trigger finger position instead of you know typical when people grab the gun they try to adjust their hand to reach the trigger and so this is something that is avoided with this pistol which improves your accuracy and and recall management so i would say just try the pistol um i'm sure you're gonna love the grip and you know just let me know and i think i can help or you know you can contact me too yeah, that's great. And uh, hopefully, you know, Walther has tested a few guns. We have this ridiculous uh, approved weapons roster in mm -hmm. Massachusetts. Mm. So uh, we have like the Walther P, the, what is it? The, uh, the P22, the PPKS and or the PPK. And uh, the I think the only other Walther is the five match, which is a right. But um, those are the only Walters I believe on the, on, wow. the, on the roster, but actually the PPS is as well. Uh, but, um, which I already mentioned, but anyway, um, so if you could put a bug in Walter's ear that would love the whole PDP series here in Massachusetts, I know it would be okay. an amazing seller for us here. Yeah. And the good news is this is being challenged. The roster is being challenged by Firearms Policy Coalition. Okay. So hopefully that'll go away anyway someday. Yes. And then we'll be able to buy whatever gun we want. So uh, <laughs> imagine that. Like, so, right. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty funny how uh, this state has been getting away with. Uh, well, it's, it's. It's like you said, you say the word funny. For me, it's like, you know, I've lived in Florida Texas and now Virginia. And when I hear people talking to me like that, like, well, no, this is the only list I have to choose from for people probably Massachusetts from you since like normal, since like this is the way, you know, we've lived and it's the way it is. And to me, it's like, what's going on? Like, what in the world? <laughs> you know what I mean? Tyrants are back and right. I'm wearing the shirt here. Ty it's like, it's almost... It's almost like like saying, you know what, I have a leash and I can go 100 meters. And I'm like, I don't have a leash at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And ironically, Massachusetts is where freedom started. I just screwed up my own audio here. Uh, Massachusetts is where freedom started and Dang. went to die all in the same breath. You know what I mean? Wow. So uh, hopefully... Um, I'm optimistic that we will see uh, those the laws get better as time goes on. Um, it's just 
unfortunately, <laughs> we've, we've had to have, um, you know, challenges, legal challenges, and forever before the Bruin decision, they were right. always held up by um, local courts. They were never, uh, they weren't overturned. They were upheld right. you know, under that interest balancing approach. But uh, I think we're on the right track to seeing seeing that go away. Uh, it's just going to take some time. And I don't know what I just did to my microphone. Does it sound different to you guys? No, sounds perfect. Okay, well, I can live with it. If, if it's good for you guys, I'll live with it. Um, but anyway, the um, we, we have that legal challenge coming up. The Bruin decision changed the landscape of future gun laws for us here in Massachusetts. We're one of those eight states that live under horrible gun control. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to all that going away. Right. That, that, that brings a question uh, to, to you um, as someone who's come from uh, Venezuela, where you've seen you know, socialism rise and, and what it's done to a country. How important do you think the Second Amendment is uh, to you now that you're a citizen of America? Uh, you know, how important is that right to you? I, I, I'm sure it it's up there pretty high, but in your own words, uh, what, what kind of a, what, what do you say to somebody who might not understand the full implications right. of the second amendment? You see, when I came to the United States, you know, here in the U S we, most of us learn, you know, people supposed to learn about the U S constitution coming from the United States. I mean, from Venezuela to the United States, I had no idea about the U S constitution. I had no idea what was the Second Amendment? What is the thing? And uh, one of the first things as a shooter, you know, coming even from there uh, to the U.S., I went to a gun range. And I'll never forget, I had a, it was a pamphlet, something. Uh, I talk about Second Amendment or something. And I'm like, what is that? What is the Second Amendment? And somebody briefly explained it to me, like, no, this is a right to go to own and bear arms. And I'm like, wait a second. Is that is that even real? Like, is it, is it like you have a right, like, like you do it. Like, I couldn't understand it. Like, oh my God, that my mind like went like, poof, like that's brilliant. I was like, <clears throat> if, if in Venezuela and <clears throat> Colombia, people had the right to defend themselves, to own firearms, life would be different. Right. You know, it would be different because like coming from there where criminals, as gun rights, uh, no gun rights because we didn't have rights. It was a privilege. Uh, as gun, <clears throat> the gun privilege became narrower and narrower. Less people were able to own firearms. Crime came going up and up and up. You realize like it, it just doesn't make sense. As as a as a person that grew up with in the firearms, you know, I went to the gun range as a young girl, grew up as a teenager. Fine. I'm not traumatized. I didn't do anything, you know, but with it more than great things, I was like, this is amazing that the American people has this right. Yeah. And I always believed it in that way, you know, from the, from the first moment I learned what it was because I understood what it was not to have it. So I kind of twisted a saying, you know, the saying that says, you don't know what you have until you lose it, right? right? So yeah. I, after the second, after I understood or learned about the Second Amendment, I say, I didn't know what I was missing until I found it. Mm 
Right. That's like, a great point. Yeah. <clears throat> that, that's, you know, so many people take it for granted and uh, don't realize it. But we, the irony of the Second Amendment is that we acknowledge that these rights are endowed on us by our creator. They're not given by governments. They're not given by man. They're not given by, um, you know, elected officials. They are granted to us by our creator. And, and our founders recognized that the most significant basic right was the right to self-defense. If, you know, it goes all the way back to Cain and Abel, right? <laughs> if, right. Um, if Abel had something to protect himself, maybe he would have been around still for a little while longer, right. not, not still. But the, the point I'm trying to make is it, it literally goes back to you have a right to defend yourself against the person who wants to impose their will on you. And that's all our founders were capturing there. And obviously arms are the most efficient way to do that if you get right in that in, in that regard. Because what else could, you know, make it so that a hundred pound, uh, five foot three woman can defend mm. herself against three armed, two hundred plus pound men in good shape with, you know, right. bats or guns? You know, there's nothing that could do it as efficiently as as, a, as an arm or a firearm. So it is. Yeah. So th- those things can't be taken away. That's the part that drives me crazy is we you know politicians think that they can now legislate away these rights and take them but away. they're doing it yeah and they're doing it and they're convincing people that it's possible right you know it, it it just it takes it's just like you know that little picture that shows the the horse at you know he's tied to a chair they just need to believe they're tied up they just need to believe that they cannot do anything about it and unfortunately, yeah. most people believe that. And, and, and not only in the sense of the politicians, I think that also uh, this could be a conversation going, we can talk for hours, but uh, the educational system, you know, that what, what, are, what are we raising? What are these adults that we're raising <clears throat> that they want the government to have more power? They want to relinquish rights. They think as if everybody else are irresponsible, that they cannot do anything, instead of thinking, no, we are human beings, rational human beings, and the vast majority of us are capable of. Um, but even though, like you say, it's, 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 it's a God-given right, but I mean, unfortunately, what we're seeing today is that even those people who, you know, saw an oath, are just literally willing to disregard it just to continue their agenda. Yeah, we talk about that a lot on mm-hmm. the show, how they stand up, raise their right hand, swear mm-hmm. to uphold the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, mm-hmm. and then they go write bills that are directly oppose the Constitution that they just swore an oath to uphold. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to figure out a way to hold them accountable under malfeasance or for dereliction of duty or for breaking their oath of office. And I've been told the only thing you can do is vote them out, which is disheartening. But uh, if, if a police officer in the course of their official duty uh, breaks the law or violates their oath and uses excessive force or something to that effect, then um, 
they can be held accountable. They, their qualified immunity is gone. But for some reason, politicians are untouchable. They can go ahead and, and legislate away our constitutional rights, and then nothing can ever happen to them. I, I, I wish there was a way. Maybe it's, you know, we talked to Mark Smith from Four Boxes Diner, does some great mm-hmm. video on this stuff. So maybe we'll get him on the show again another time to, right. to talk about that. But um, otherwise, uh, they can just make law with it without any threat of anything ever happening to them. And that's that's a problem. Well, let's do here an idea. Okay. Let's do a trend, kind of trend video, you know, like a hashtag something, hashtag call your legislator and post it on social media. You know, I like it. Like Like, we choose a day once a week. What is a once a week? Ten, you know, five minutes of your life, ten minutes of your life and leave a voicemail, a voice message. You know what I mean? And if we all put together, put up together, and, and we all, you know, do the same, that could, you know, move some, create some waves. So I think when you say you, you as an individual, we or me, myself, there's so many little things we can do alone. But together, we are the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's Individually, cool. it's only you, it's Gabby, but if together, so yeah. You know, I, have, I thought about that for a little while, but just thought about it again. Let's call it Tuesday, call your legislator or something. And yeah. let's everybody post yourself calling your legislator and, and making the video. Because, you know, they, 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 almost, they, they don't care about lying in our faces when I watch them on, so, on, on, on video and their videos and their um, conference you know, and I'm like, you're flat out lying. Like I see it, like things are not good. I go to the store, you know, and it's only my husband, my son and I, and I almost spend $200 a week. And I, I don't buy, and I have goes, well, I live in Virginia, it's expensive up here. Uh, but I go with my list and everything. And only, we're a family of three. And they're saying, no, buy the nomics. Everything is good. I'm like, no, things are not good, you right. know, uh, but they lie. And it's almost like, I'm going to just let them. We're right. not going to do anything about it. So I think there are ways to do it. Like you said, we have to bite them, you know, vote, vote them out. But, um, you know, when they know they're about to be voted out because they receive so many phone calls or so many emails or so many texts or messages, they probably may be able to change. I think their hearts will change. At some point, it becomes job security and self-preservation for them. Oh, I bet it is. They like power. They do. They love power. And uh, what's interesting is what you just said. The Massachusetts legislature, this is not no joke, Mm. uh, to quote our president, not a joke, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) they are trying to change the oath of office here. It's a constitutional amendment in Massachusetts. And they want to replace the word oath with affirm. And they want to change, so help me God, with under pains and penalty of perjury. Uh, and it's interesting how they want to change oath to affirm and remove that. So they want to say that they affirm the Constitution and remove 
so help me God, and replace it with under pains and penalty of perjury. Because as you pointed mm. out, Gabby, that they don't, they lie for a living. So they're not afraid of the pains and penalty Mm-mm. of perjury because they know there's no pain right. to perjuring themselves. They do it for a living. Right. But maybe their conscience is just a little bit bothering them that they lie for a living and they're swearing <laughs> an oath. So help me God. Maybe they fear judgment day someday. I don't know if that's true or not, but the point of the matter is they're even trying to change their oath of office so that they can not have any consequence for their actions. And instead of swearing an oath, they will affirm, which means they're just, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that document over there. That's just, mm. unbelievable. that's unbelievable. It, it is. It, I think you're right. Is. We need to, we need to uh, light them up on uh, social media. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love the idea of making a, a video. Like a specific, you know, we can make it like, uh, you know, they know, oh my God, Tuesday's coming. It's going to be a massive you know, yeah. wave of phone calls or emails or, you know, send them emails or texts or letters, right. you know, just send them over, you know. Maybe we should call it hashtag let them know. Yeah, something like that. I agree. Let's yeah, do it. Let them know. So every <laughs> Tuesday, we let them know how we feel about, uh, we do a segment well, on another radio show called 2A Tuesday. So uh-huh. it could be the day, 2A Tuesday, let them know. Yes, I, I I think that's something that we need to do and and, and just do it. You know, um, we will bash our mouth and say we care about the Second Amendment. We care about the Constitution. We care about the U.S. But you know what? And this is for everybody watching. And I put myself in the same boat. No, don't think that I'm just saying that I'm different than you. No, we're busy. We have family. We have work. We have to pay things. We We have our own problems. You know, and, you know, when you say earlier, the Americans take things for granted, Venezuelans took it for granted. Everybody take it for granted. You take for granted what your parents told you not to do and you might as well did it. It's human behavior. But my, 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 my struggle today is that there's no plan B. You see, the United States is it. This is the best country in the world to live, to succeed, to literally I mean, I don't even know how much better I can put it on for people who are listening. Um, there's no plan B, you know, uh, that you can do what you do in the United States. Unfortunately, that that's the situation that we are right now. It's not, it's not pretty. I do believe we are in a, like Biden said, we are in a, um, in a, what is the word that he used? inflection well he says like an inflection point yes and he said that very much very often in the beginnings of his presidency and that word stuck with me because i know that word really dug deep in my heart Mm. what inflection point is that what we're talking about to me that meant especially now in the when he said he's he's the, this administration, the way of thinking, is shifting the paradigm on the American people, shifting the direction that we're going. And um, I think, I think, I believe 
that it is, is more than ever the time to speak up, uh, the time to not fight, okay? Learn how to have disagreements. We're all Americans, even those who don't believe in the Second Amendment, even those who believe in socialism, change their heart. Once you show them that you can talk eloquently, when you show them that you can show, you can show them, hey, here's where we are. That's where we're going and that's not nice. They may not listen to you in that moment, but they are listening. They may go in their house and they say, you know what? But that friend or that person told me, I don't want to believe it, but deep inside I know it's true. And mm. though that is what matters. The problem, what I see today with us in society, and that's my struggle now, is that <clears throat> it's like the right against the left, the left against the right. We're eating each other. And you know what? You may say that socialism, Hugo Chavez and all that destroy Venezuela. Venezuelans also destroy each other. Okay, because of you can't. They cannot do it alone. Mm. They don't do it alone. They know it. They have to put it put us against each other, because they cannot govern a united society. Mm. They can only govern and have a lot of power when society is divided, is busy attending little things, little issues that have nothing to do. What with what really affects our future for the long run. So if anything, I can say to everybody is that really hug your children's tight, teach them how to love, not to learn how to engage in a discourse. Hmm. Educate yourself, learn more, read about the Constitution more, read about, you know, essays from the from the founding fathers you know mm-hmm. there's so much we can do and most importantly call your legislators <laughs> yeah let them know yes yes uh, let them know uh well said gabby that's uh mm-hmm. you know you said it very well you're a great american you're a great patriot you're a great example of a woman gun owner in america and uh i think those words are especially true find the common ground where we can all come together as Americans. Normalizing gun ownership is a great way to do that. Uh, That was one thing I would say that was a slight upside to the whole COVID pandemic we went through, which as torturous and horrible as it was, was that it, it brought people to the forefront who might not have been a gun owner, who might not have ever bought a gun and saw like, Hey, Mm -hmm. there's, there's something we need to do. To, in order to protect ourselves. And a lot of people went out and sought out protection uh, through, from the, you know, via the Second Amendment and decided to exercise the right to keep and bear arms. Right. So, um, yeah, if we can continue to do that, I think we win. And like you said, let our, right now we're staring down the barrel of the worst gun control legislation ever brought in the history of the United States of America in Massachusetts. It's a uh, house docket number 4420 in Massachusetts. It'll change the way uh, the second amendment is applied in Massachusetts. However, it's something that you could never comply with. So I've chosen right. not to comply with it. Um, as a business owner, this certainly will put put on some uh, 
put some legal challenges ahead of right. us. But uh, the good news is it hasn't been signed in. And so for the, those listening in Massachusetts, I think it's really important to let them know, uh, maybe not just on Tuesday, but every day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we have a four-pronged approach to that. What we've been telling people, write, email, call, and uh, troll them on social media. Either do a right. post and tag them in it or go to their posts and tag, you know, comment on it. So right. that's, I think, the best way to let them know. And uh, if we can do that four-pronged approach, I think we'll we'll make some great headway. That's right. How, how do people find you, Gabby, online if they want to follow your work? And uh, I appreciate you coming on the show today. It was a great conversation. We'll <laughs> have to do it again if you're, if you're yeah, up. Yeah, of course. That'd be amazing. Maybe we can get you up to Cape Gunwork sometimes and Massachusetts, <laughs> shoot on the range and, and do, a, do a thing for us here. But um, in the meantime, how do people follow your work and what you're involved in? Why don't you let everyone know your social media handles again and, and how they can find you? Well, the best way to do it where you can find everywhere where you can find me is my website. It is easy, Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y, Franco, F-R-A-N-C-O dot com, Gabby Franco dot com. Um, I'm on Instagram as at Gabby Franco TS4. I'm on Twitter with the same uh, account. I'm also on YouTube. I'm on Facebook. I'm trying. I'm in Rum rumble too i'm trying to branch out as much as i can and especially nowadays uh you know social media is just blacking out all the gun related posts i'm also opened a uh, spanish and all spanish account on instagram and also on youtube where awesome. i'm going to start yes there's very little very few uh spanish speaking content uh or personalities Mm. Uh, they talk about gun rights, and I thought, you know what, I need to also educate those who come from Latin America, who come with this idea. They don't know what is the Second Amendment. So mm. anyway, you guys can find me in English and Spanish, um, and it, you message me if you want on social media. I reply not every day exactly when you send me the message, <laughs> but um, I should reply as soon as I can. Did I get that right, uh, Gabby? Gabby Franco, Franco TS4. Yes, that's awesome. right. So make sure you give her a like and a follow, subscribe and share and comment on her on her posts. Uh, Gabby, thanks so much for joining us. It was awesome talking to you. You're doing great work. And <laughs> Thank I, you. The good work. And we'll certainly do this again sometime if you're up for Definitely. it. Definitely. Of course. Right. I love having been here great. with you. God bless. And we'll see you next time. Bye. All righty. Thank you guys uh, for listening to another episode of Rapid Fire. And uh, we appreciate you. Make sure you go into all the world and be a good example of a responsible gun owner in America. Uh, together as Americans, we can overcome and put on the face of responsible gun ownership in your community. Take someone new to the range and uh, yeah, keep up the good work and let them know, like Gabby just said. Let your legislators know that you will not sit idly by while they take your rights away. All right. God bless, guys. I will see you next time. Thank you for joining us.